This podcast contains situations and scenarios that some listeners might find disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. The Queensland Police Service acknowledges Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples as the first Australians. We recognise their cultures, histories and diversity and their deep connection to the lands, waters and seas of Queensland and the Torres Strait. The Queensland Police Service respectfully acknowledges First Nations peoples as the traditional owners and custodians of Queensland. We pay our respects to them, their cultures, and to their elders, past, present and emerging. I'm Assistant Commissioner Catherine Innes of the Queensland Police Service, Crime and Intelligence Command. The members of my command work tirelessly to make Queensland the safest state, protecting our community from serious and organised crime. In this podcast series, the Crime and Intelligence Command will provide insight into a number of challenging cases and the effort, perseverance and innovation required to get the final breakthrough. Importantly, I encourage you to collaborate with us. You may be the person who provides our next breakthrough. Together, we can prevent, disrupt, respond and investigate. Welcome to Breakthrough, the official podcast of the Queensland Police Service, Crime and Intelligence Command. I'm investigative journalist and author Matthew Condon, and for decades I've written about crime, from cold case murders to serial killers, to the workings of the criminal underworld. Breakthrough takes you, for the first time, inside the Queensland Police Service's Crime and Intelligence Command Groups, and gives you an insight into a range of extraordinary investigations, from missing persons cases to online romance scammers to a multifaceted investigation to bring down a serial sex offender. In each episode, the QPS will share aspects of its case files and allow you to peer over the shoulders of real-time investigators in their relentless pursuit of justice, in their quest to bring answers and solace to victims of crime their families, and the community at large. The podcast also encourages you to get involved, to come on board with QPS investigators and try and resolve outstanding mysteries and unsolved cases. You may just be the person who holds that final vital clue that will lead to the solving of a case. You could be the listener who has that one critical piece of information that unlocks the puzzle. Breakthrough invites you to collaborate with the Queensland Police State Crime and Intelligence Command and we'll explain how you can do that at the end of each episode. In this episode, we take you into the murky world of online romance scams, where fraudsters promise roses and champagne and lifelong love and commitment while they're simultaneously cleaning out your bank account. This is Episode 2. Operation Romeo Swift. Hello? Hello? Oh, yeah. Why are you hanging on? Yeah, uh, I just got back. Oh. So I'm walking to my room. Yeah, I went out to have a lunch. Oh. oh, okay. So what I'm saying is I don't have money at the moment. So is that okay? Can I pay you sometimes, like, after, like, almost end of January? For the, the lawyer thing. This is Wendy Smith, 
She's a young woman from Brisbane, Queensland, and at the time of this covertly recorded phone call, she's been engaged in a whirlwind online romance with a man she met in an internet chat room. At this stage, they have never hooked up in person, but after several weeks, they transition from chat room messages to calling each other on the phone, and sometimes they'll talk for up to four hours a day. Like any fledgling relationship, there are minor miscommunications and disagreements between the two. But Wendy is confident despite any misgivings. This man at the end of the line just may be the love of her life. Then he starts asking for money. Do you understand the nature of my job? I do not stay one place. We go from countries to have been in New Zealand, have been in Darwin, like I'm here again for the second time, have been in Sydney, have been in so many places. They give you estimated amount of money to spend. Do you understand? Like I told you before, I've been paid so much money. I've been asked all my friends. And my friend was going to give me money on this Sunday. I asked my friend last night if she can give me money. And she just said to me, sorry, her husband can't say no. So I really run out of money. But if you can give me time, I will definitely can pay for the lawyer fee. Is that okay? Please, after I pay so much money, can you just help me, please? I understand everything. That's why I'm here for you. Trying to save our bag, our money, please. Yeah. That's what I'm doing for you. If I don't want to help you, I should be back home by now. But because I want to help you, that's why I'm here. All right? You don't expect me to continue paying for hotel reservation every day, every day. Can you stay like like cheap hotel or something? Because I really don't have money. Like, as I said, I pay so much. I ask all my friends, lend me some How money. much do you have right now with you? The loving and generous Wendy, however, is about to fall into a sophisticated and supremely well-organised trap. And by the time she understands what's going on, it's too late. In April this year, the Australian Competition and Consumer Commission released its annual report on national scam activity and its findings were hair-raising. It recorded that in 2022, the combined losses to scams reported to Scamwatch, Report Cyber, the Australian Financial Crimes Exchange, ASIC and other bodies was at least $3.1 billion. That's a whopping 80% increase on losses reported in 2021. After financial investment scams, it was the false romance arena that fooled thousands and skimmed millions of dollars from decent, trusting Australians. Wendy Smith is not alone. Retired nurse Marianne de Vilt was lonely and isolated until she thought she'd found love. But Kyle ended up stealing her heart and her life savings. I felt... That someone like me would never have been caught up in this. Pure evil. There's nothing more evil than taking an innocent person who is looking for love and turns and steals everything. The ACCC described dating and romance scams 
in its most recent report. It said, Scammers take advantage of people looking for love by pretending to be prospective partners, often via dating websites, apps or social media. They play on emotional triggers to get victims to provide money, gifts or personal details. They cause devastating and emotional financial damage. The trouble with these baiting scams is that once they secure someone on the hook, that person is unwittingly dragged into a more complex financial labyrinth. 65-year-old Jennifer is the victim of a romance scammer. What he's done is just just destroyed me and um, destroyed me financially, destroyed me emotionally. How do they do it? What sort of bait do they use to lure their victims in? Incredibly, one of their most popular methods is to pretend to be a soldier in the US military. Maria Exposto fell in love with a man who didn't exist. She believed she was talking to Captain Daniel Smith, an American Special Forces soldier stationed in Afghanistan. In fact, she was seduced by criminals using stolen photos of a retired British naval officer. This was precisely the predicament that Wendy from Brisbane found herself in. To her, she was flirting innocently online with someone she believed might play an important role in her future. She was, in fact, getting deeply ensnared in a complicated and supremely well-organised international crime syndicate. I'm Detective Senior Constable Sean Chia, and I'm actually an investigator from the Crime and Intelligence Command Financial and Cybercrime Group. Meet Detective Chia. He has worked for the QPS in financial and cybercrime for more than five years, and prior to that had experience in the gangs group, the Flying Squad, the Prostitution Enforcement Task Force, and worked at the Logan CIB in Brisbane's southern suburbs. Given his academic background, he is tailor-made for cyber fraud. So I personally have a degree in IT and also another degree in business administration. So I thought I have uh, some form of interest in uh, how the corporate environment works at the same time with the added uh, advantage of having a master's in uh, information technology. I thought uh, to, it would be a good opportunity for me to learn more in the financial and cyber crime group. Detective Chia is the sort of officer who likes to get out from behind the desk and get stuck into work with the community. Apart from what I do as an investigator, I also spend a bit of time in the community contact command. So I actually did a short comment there whereby I reach out to the community for personal safety, talking to the community about the latest crime trends and things like that. So I suppose with that in mind, it is the charter of the QPS to work to engage with the community. And I think the uh, FCCG role actually allows me, together with my language abilities, to engage with the community, at the same time uh, share with them the actual trends of crime and how to mitigate themselves from further victimisation. But Detective Senior Constable Chia's expertise is cybercrime and romance scams like the one that trapped Wendy Smith. The difficulty for cybercrime investigators, however, is keeping up with the scammers who are constantly trying to push ahead of the law enforcement technology curve. They constantly evolve. Romance scam starts on a certain level, but they learn from what to do 
and they cast their nets a bit wider too. So when they cast their nets out wide, as long as 1% of it becomes successful, it is a win for them altogether. So I think they are trying to max out on the reach. And then from there, if they can get score of 1% or 2% out of that 100%, they will have a financial gain, uh, already achieved their financial gain already. The premise, however, is as old as time. And that's the promise of love. I think they are often looking at a few things in uh, the potential victims. Obviously, uh, things like social isolation, people that are a bit more reclusive. They are in a situation uh, of depression where possibly they are recently widowed. Potentially, they uh, are in a divorce situation. People that are possibly a bit more isolated away from family, living either living alone and things like that. So I think those are the few main things that uh, potential things that these offenders are looking at, at uh, in terms of uh, victims. So when they're fishing for victims, if you like, they would have to elucidate or retrieve that personal information quite quickly in order to commit their resources to scamming that person. Yes. I think um, Wendy is obviously a classic example. The actual stages of the romance scam actually goes through a, a seven stages of a, of a cycle. Well, obviously, stage one is uh, the person or the victim is actually motivated to find an ideal partner. Stage two will be uh, Wendy is being presented with a fake profile. Obviously, the offender will then take on a assumer identity and then obviously a profile. Then stage three uh, potentially will be the grooming process whereby the victim, in this case, Wendy, is being love warm with to establish the trust and the rapport building. Stage four is the stink where obviously they will create a scenario to ask for money. Usually it's a smaller amount and for a start just to try it out. And then um, stage five, continuation of the scam where obviously the initial request for the money has gone on. And then obviously the money starts to become more and more to continue. The next stage potentially may or may not happen will be the sexual abuse whereby sextortion may occur, whereby uh, whether during the course of their communication, did they actually exchange photos that's a bit more intimate? Mm. And obviously, the last stage will be re-victimization where potentially they will be continuing to uh, ask for money or at the same time, the victim may be approached by the same offender adopting different schemes in, with different identities and continue to scam them. Detective Chia would play a critical role in the closure of Wendy's extraordinary case and we'll hear more from him later in the episode. Meanwhile, Wendy has had plenty of time now to think of how she, as an intelligent young woman, stepped into a cyber trap. Something you know may be the breakthrough police need. Please, if you have information which could assist an investigation in Australia, call Crime Stoppers on 1800 000 or go to crimestoppers.com.au. Your information could be the key to cracking the case. If you're thinking that you'd never be silly or gullible enough to fall for a romance scam, then you'd be wrong. When you meet Wendy, you are instantly struck by her generosity of spirit. She is quick to laugh, has a subtle wit and a kind face. She also has a tertiary education, a good group of friends and a proud family back in Southeast Asia. Wendy, in her late 20s, 
moved to Brisbane to study human resources at Griffith University in Brisbane. After she graduated, she liked the place so much, she decided to stay. I'm been in Australia for maybe 13 years now, and um, I'm uh, working at daycare and working at Woolworths as well. I have the two jobs. And why did you decide to settle in Brisbane? Because oh, it's very nice, people is very kind, and the weather's chill. That's her main point. Five years ago, however, she was lonely. She'd just ended a long-term relationship and was heartbroken. She kept to herself. She rarely went out of the house. She cried all the time. She remained busy and worked hard to keep her mind off things. Then, feeling personally and socially isolated, she made an impulsive decision to look for love online. It was October 2018. It was the first time, because most of my friends, they have a WeChat. So that's why we use this to contact each other. Does WeChat have areas where you can talk to friends or where you can meet new people? Yeah, I just found out how to use that one. So that's why I start to talk to the stranger. Mm -hmm. Start beginning, it's just the people located close to you. And then I just feel like... uh, it's kind of boring because they're just talking the same thing, same question. How are you? Where are you living? And so let's find just start. Oh, maybe I can talk to overseas. Uh-huh. Overseas. overseas. Yes, yeah. someone overseas. And it's more interesting to have, have something can talk about, you know, and to make friends as well. Uh, were you interested in just a friendship or were you looking for something more, perhaps a, a yeah. romantic relationship? Yeah, because that point... It's my low point. I just, like, lost my job. And I was, like, uh, finished a relationship for 13 years. Uh-huh. So that point, I would just, like, lock myself up. I don't go out for uh, months. I can't even remember how long. I just stay at home, crying, do nothing. I just feel lonely. And then I just start using the online dating, yes. trying to talk to, make a friend, and perhaps I can get a new relationship. That's how I started. Would you say you felt vulnerable at that stage? Yes, yes. So with WeChat, how did you find this person or how did they find you? How did you come together? Oh, it's just like uh, like you have to check and then some someone or a picture just show up. And if you want to talk to him or the person, you can just talk and if then waiting the person will reply to you. So that's how I met that person. So this man was Matthew Dobbins. Yeah, yeah. Matthew Dobbins, it transpired, was a United States Air Force officer serving with the United Nations in Syria in the Middle East. Photographs he sent to Wendy revealed a tall young Caucasian male dressed in combat greens. In one picture, he is receiving from a superior a certificate of outstanding achievement, scoring 98% on his initial evaluation for flight sergeant. Sergeant Dobbins, coincidentally, was in a similar emotional state to Wendy. He told her he had recently lost close family and friends. At first, she actually thought the whole thing was a scam, that it all seemed too good to be true. Here was a handsome soldier on the other side of the world, taking a keen interest in a young woman he'd never physically met. 
Yet he seemed to know exactly how she felt and precisely what to say. Wendy and Matthew quickly grew close. And uh, because that point, I was looking for um, perhaps a serious relationship. And I feel like he's kind of like know me well. Because every time I say say something to him, he will just like say nice thing to me. Say, oh, they don't know you. I know you are the best people in the world. You can do it. They're just jealous of you. And then you feel like, hmm, he really know me well, you know, Mm -hmm. because they just, other people just jealous of me or something. And so that's why I'm start trying to believe him. And he sent me the photos as well, a lot. And I asked, how about give me a video or can we just like face to face to talk? Mm. He just said, no, can't show everyone where he lives. Better me will find him. Right. So because he was in the military, yeah, he couldn't reveal his location. Yeah. I know it's weird, but I also want to believe too. And did he make you feel good? Like, were you positive and encouraged by it? Yes. He would just, like, praise for everything. Whatever you say, he would just praise everything, like saying, oh, you're so nice. Oh, you're so smart. I never think of that. You are the best. You know, sometimes you're just thinking, oh, it's just like, yeah. But sometimes girls just want to listen to those, you know. At that time in your life, because you'd ended a long relationship and you were feeling a bit flat and yeah, down, yeah. that would have been great for you to hear that. Yeah, again, yeah. So when I start falling in love with him, I just feel like I have to believe him because it's true love, you know. I will do everything for him. One week after they first hooked up online, communicating via messages for several hours a day, Flight Sergeant Dobbins asked a favour of his newly beloved. She felt flattered and honoured that he trusted her. That's why he start like fishing. He think I can hook now. Mm. Yeah, so he start telling me back to the old story, like say, oh, he have the package need to send to me. It's about um, his personal stuff and he have to give someone he really believe, like trust. Yes. And I feel like, oh my God, you choose me. You have no parents and you don't have family and you choose me. And I feel like you really care about me. So that's why I just like say, okay. And for late time, I feel like, yeah, it's okay. I just give him an address, my name, couple some detail. I feel like, oh, there's no money involved. Mm. And then when I give him my email address, whatever the detail, the next day is other like post office telling me, oh, you need to pay $1,000 to receive the thing. Matthew explained that his military unit in Syria was under sustained attack from terrorists. He told Wendy that he had with him personal items and valuables, including gold bullion that he needed to safeguard. Given he had nobody else in the world he could trust, could he send them to her? Could she look after them until they could be together forever? She then received an email from a man called Ryan Miles, who was in charge of organising the transfer of Dobbins' belongings in Syria to Wendy in Brisbane. 
Miles told her she needed to transfer 1740 Australian dollars to a Western Union account in the name of Kochafan Prathapet in Chiang Mai, Thailand, to facilitate the shipping of the goods. Wendy didn't hesitate. That point, I was like suspect. I was like, ah, oh, should I give him the money? But he was like, oh, I love you. I, I'm the one I want to be with you for forever. And so that's why I give you my stuff. And those things is like very important to me. It's not nothing because I ask what's inside. He just say his personal thing and he think it's important. Mm. And I feel like if I love him and it's, if I'm lucky, maybe he is real, then I found my true love. Mm. So that's why, and also back that time, I just think a thousand is not, it's a lot, but it's not much, not over. It's like, I can affordable. So that's why I sent him a thousand dollars. A few days later, Wendy got another email from Miles. He told her he was travelling from Turkey to Australia to make sure Matthew Dobbins's precious cargo arrived safely. Soon after that, Miles again emailed, asking Wendy to transfer 11,990 Australian dollars for customs importation charges. She duly slotted the money into the nominated account. At this point, Wendy had been communicating with Flight Sergeant Dobbins for precisely two weeks. Dobbins had encouraged her not to tell anyone about their relationship. Other people didn't know the depth of their love. They would simply be jealous. And did you not tell anyone? Did you keep it a secret? Not really. <laughs> I, actually, I do tell my friend. And then my friend just instantly tell me, Let's fog. Don't send to him. But I feel like, what? If, what? How about if it's truer? And you, because back time I was being brainwashed. I feel like my friend is jealous of me and trying to celebrate us. Cause that's how he tell me every day. I love myself more. I don't want to see everything. I don't want to talk to everyone. Cause that's how he tell me people will jealous of me. Mm. And I feel like, that's true, because my friend trying to stop me. <laughs> and then the requests for money increased. Yeah. A few days after Wendy transferred the customs charges, Ryan Miles emailed her yet again. He claimed he was in Darwin and that customs officers going through Flight Sergeant Dobbins's valuables had located a substantial cachet of US dollars. To get this into the country... He needed about 82,000 Australian dollars for further customs tariffs. She dutifully deposited the money into two new accounts. This time, the accounts were in the name of Anne. Two days later, Miles requested a staggering 171,200 Australian dollars for stamp duty fees on her beloved's belongings. She deposited the money into several different accounts. In just six weeks, Wendy had parted with more than a quarter of a million Australian dollars. I tell myself it's just like a 
process mm. and uh, he really needs it and he needs me and I make everything that reasonable and the secondly he makes up the story as well he always tell like they always have a different stories but that point I wasn't greedy or anything I was like so trying to help him I feel like oh now I have to keep the gold for him when he comes back so he can have it and that and the also I feel like oh he really care about me so he was preying on your good heart and your yeah. and your decency wasn't he yes yes so every time he tell me a different story and also i found out every time he give me the bank account it's different name so while all this money transaction was happening were you on a personal level were you falling deeper and deeper in love with him yes i feel like I give you everything and I didn't ask for everything back. I feel like it's true love. Mm. I I didn't look for money. Instead, I give you money. So it's like true love. She would go on to hand over a further 105,000 Australian dollars. In the end, she had helped flight sergeant Dobbins to the tune of 372,152 Australian dollars. When at last the penny dropped. Did you get a strange text? Someone you met online asking for money? Anyone can be vulnerable to scams. Know the warning signs and if you do fall victim, you are not alone. For more information on recognizing and reporting scams, visit cyber.gov.au. Associate Professor Jacqueline Drew is a police scholar with the School of Criminology and Criminal Justice at Griffith University in Brisbane, and has worked extensively with the QPS and is an expert in romance scams and other types of cyber fraud. She said Wendy Smith's case was not unique, and that the perpetrators were not simply single operatives manipulating their way to a fortune on a mobile phone. This. Was international organised crime. So the research that I've done alongside the Queensland Police Service around romance scams have identified that offenders are most successful when they approach a victim at a time of vulnerability, as you've described. So the research we did with victims、uh, indicated that the the individuals that fell for these scams、uh, were having a disruptive、uh, life at the time of the approach. So that may have been. They'd recently lost a partner to death. Maybe they'd lost their job. Maybe they had taken on caring responsibilities for elderly parents. So there was some disruption to their life that made them vulnerable. And offenders hone in on that. So they know that they're most successful when someone's vulnerable to their approach. So they may contact hundreds of thousands of people, and what they're looking for is that individual that they think may be more susceptible to their story. And of course, more likely to send them money. Professor Drew said investment scams reaped about seven hundred million dollars a year across the country. The second most popular is the romance scam, which fleeces about one hundred and forty-two million dollars per annum from vulnerable Australians. In the end, it's only about the money. 
Offenders will always chase money. So if they think someone is worth their time and their investment, that there's going to be a payoff, that they will target that person. And they do work in groups. So we know that they often have very elaborate stories and they'll bring in other players into the story. So you may start off by talking to one person and then they might put you on to their friend or their banker or their lawyer or someone, a customs official or a medical officer if they've been, you know, hospitalised and that's why they need money. So it is an elaborate scheme and we know that, that there's groups of people working together, taking on different roles in the story. The bitter pill for Wendy Smith was this. There was no Flight Sergeant Dobbins in her future. A team of professional scammers had appropriated Dobbins's identity. There was no cachet of Dobbins's valuables waiting for Wendy to keep safe. And there was no such persons as Mark David and Ryan Miles. It was all a fiction. And once the scammers had Wendy by the hook, they were relentless. According to Professor Drew, the romance fraudsters never lose sight of what's at the heart of their deception. Love. We know that over a very short period of time, one of the classic characteristics of romance scams is the intensity of relationship between the person and that you've made contact with. Um, They'll quickly profess love and they'll quickly try to make you reliant on them uh, for your relationship, for communication, just to talk to every day. And we often see offenders over time will be the first person someone talks to in the morning and the last person they speak to at night. And that's about that grooming process that they go through to convince this person at some point to start asking them, requesting money from them. And it was that fake hope of love that led to Wendy handing over a small fortune to strangers. Having given everything to Flight Sergeant Dobbins, she was so broke she couldn't even afford to feed herself. It was then she finally turned to a friend for help. But what was it that convinced you finally to actually report this to the police? I want to believe. Otherwise, if I don't believe, I'm worried those money will disappear because I don't have money. And I know all the story and I feel like I have to tell police. Your friend convinced you? Yeah, my friends convinced me. And uh, I've been new the whole time. I'm just trying to f- make a, a story more reasonable. But I feel like I can't do it anymore because I can't fold myself. So I just go to the police. When I go to the police, I want them to tell me, oh. Don't worry, it's, 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 not, yeah, it's, it's not a scam. Yeah, it's not a scam. But when they say, oh, it is scam, they just say, it's a scammer. And I was like, Oh my God. At her friend's suggestion, Wendy went online and contacted Report Cyber, the national reporting facility within the Australian Cyber Security Centre. Her complaint was then triaged directly to the Queensland Police Services Fraud and Cybercrime Group. In the case of Wendy Smith, her complaint to Report Cyber went to Detective Chia and a colleague at QPS headquarters in Brisbane. I am Detective Senior Constable Brett Weeder, currently attached to the money laundering unit of the Financial and Cybercrime Group. Detective Weeder explains how Wendy's complaint got to his and Detective Cheer's desks. 
Victims generally have to report a crime. These types of crimes are reported via Report Cyber, uh, where they can go online, make a report themselves. It gets triaged in Canberra. The Canberra workout who is best to investigate it, depending on where the victim is or where the offender may be. So that's one case. I believe this case, this job operation, Romeo Swift, was part of that. A lot of our jobs, intel analysts work some information up. Might be a, uh, a triple O Crime Stoppers phone call. Could be money transferred here and there. There's various ways, but generally a victim must report it to Report Cyber for us to be able to investigate it. What made this case tantalising for investigators like Detectives Chia and Wida was that in one instance, Wendy had actually handed over in person a bundle of cash to the mystery middleman Ryan Miles at her Brisbane home. While she had little information by way of a description of Miles, police hoped that Wendy might continue communicating by phone with Flight Sergeant Dobbins and Miles and another associate, Mark David, so they could covertly record those conversations. Then they just might be able to mount a sting operation to achieve one of the rarest things in cybercrime investigating, to physically apprehend the offenders. All right, time of watch is uh, 11.40 a.m. Today is Thursday, the uh, 20th of December, 2018. Uh, Acting Detective Sergeant Sean Chia, Financial and Cybercrime Group. Currently, I'm present at Upper Mount Red Police Station together with uh, a victim by the name of... She's uh, part of a uh, romance scam investigation. I have uh, gone through a pretext conversation explanation to her in relation to her making a phone call to a Mark David at this particular location. The intended number to call is... And uh, she will be calling from the number. She has uh, fully understood the uh, explanation of the pretext call. Do you yes. agree with that? Yeah, I agree. Right. So I'll leave you with that. And uh, when you're finished, just I'll be outside the room. Okay. Just, uh, just make the call uh, and then talk about the situation. Yeah. All right. Okay. Thank you. This police recording is what's called a pretext call. It's a transparent exchange with Wendy in the lead-up to police covertly recording a phone call between Wendy and the so-called Mark David as part of their investigation into the scam. She agrees to record a conversation with David in the police station. When Detective Chia leaves the room, she makes the call. Hello. Hello, isn't David Mark? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, this is... Okay, good. How are you? Oh, good, good, good. In a previous communication, Mark David made it clear to Wendy that he needed even more cash to engage a lawyer in the UK to help with the problem of not just getting Flight Sergeant Dobbins's goods through Australian customs, but to protect her from any possible allegations of money laundering, given the huge sums of cash found in the cachet by Australian authorities. He also needed hotel expenses. It was lie upon lie upon lie to Wendy. She is naturally nervous on the call. 
I just listen. Uh, you asked me to pay you two、uh, thousand. Uh, dollars for your hotel. I can't. I don't have that much money at the moment. As you know, I pay so much. Like te- you text, like you guys asked before. I already pay like thirty seven hundred twenty. So much money already. Like. So what are you? What are you up to? Um. I just wondering. Is that okay? Can you give me more time? Yeah, like you know, I I think Ryan tell you before I pay like three hundred seventy two thousand and one hundred eighty two hundred dollars. I think you you should know that, right? Oh yeah. As the scammer's story got more twisted in his desperation to milk more money out of Wendy, he still maintained the love story that had gotten Wendy into so much trouble in the first place. You said、um, you need me to give you more time till Sunday. At moment, like my friend was going to lend me some money, but she, she can't. She said she can't. Her husband don't let her allow to do it. So what I'm saying is, I can pay you. You say,、uh, you say you have. To, you are going to hire a lawyer, like UK. Yeah. You lawyer. To helping out for the laundering money, right? Yeah, yeah. But but well, it's not my money, though. It's、uh, Matthew Davin, and I never met the guy before. Although we 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 fall in the in the in the WeChat, but、yeah. I I do believe he's real, you know. And I he promised me he loves me, and he's going to yeah, meet I me. Yeah, I think I think he loves you if he sent you this huge amount of money. Um. Yeah, I think he must have been in love with you. That's why he trusted you to send you the money. Mark David suddenly hangs up the phone, then calls Wendy back. Like I told you before, I've been paid so much money. I've been asked all my friend, and、uh, my friend was going to give me money on this Sunday. But if you can give me time, I will definitely can pay for the. For the, the the lawyer fee, is that okay? Please, I, you know, after I pay so much money, can you just help me, please? Because Mrs. Kerr, I understand everything. That's why I'm here for you. Trying trying to save our bag, our money. Yeah, that's what I'm doing for you. If I don't want to help you, I should be back home by now. I should live here by now. But because I want to help you, that's why I'm here. All right. All I need right now, you don't expect me to continue paying for hotel reservation every day, every day. All right. Is that how about is that okay? Can you stay like like cheap hotel or something? Because I really don't have money. Like as I said, I pay so much. I ask all my friends lend me. How、money. much do you have right now with you? I, I've been doing some. The interview job at moments, so it's only pay like ten dollars per hour, and I don't really have. I I can't even feed myself. I, I've been lost like five kilo already. Please. In the end, Wendy informs Dobbins and his pals that she is able to get the cash together. Unusually, Mark David arranges to pick up the cash in person. From Wendy's suburban home in Brisbane, 
It is January 10, 2019, and police are waiting. Detective Weeder explains the sting operation. When he was able to capture and record evidence of when the scam was communicating with her, so we were able to identify a phone number, but a phone number is not the be-all and end-all. It's just a means of starting a point of linking that number to an offender. So we were able to identify that number was registered to a certain person. In this case, it wasn't anything related to the offender. He was obviously spoofing or an ID takeover instance where he's just stolen someone's ID and used that information. But in this case, we were able to get what's called a prospective data. We were able to work out where that phone was pinging when it was being communicated with Wendy. So we knew that he was still communicating with her for the second lot of money. So we knew he still wanted money. So we had to tell her we needed you just to delay the process while we put everything in place together. She didn't have access to the money he was asking, so she had no way of getting extra money. So we had to work out a way to convince the scammer that she had the money. In this instance, the cyber squad strategy was, in effect, to use technology to actually scam the scammers. We were able to get a photograph of actually real C's money from a different unit. We printed that up in high definition. Knowing the way the scammers work with technology, rather than show the scammer the photograph, we needed to take a photograph of the photograph. So they would know, yep, that's a photograph that taken of the money and she's in possession of the money. So we're good to go. It worked. So everything was in place. We had cameras set up. So the time was, I think it was going to be 10 o'clock on a particular night. We had police sort of hidden. Myself and Sean were hidden just opposite the bricks in the driveway. We also knew that the scammer generally, most likely, was going to call a taxi, which he did previously. We were able to, to work out he called a taxi. We tried to work out with the taxi companies, if this happens at this pickup location and this number, call us. Something happened and and it didn't work out that way. But however, we're able to pinpoint there's a taxi coming down the street. The mobile number that the scam was communicating from was active and was moving down the street, heading towards our location. Sean and I got the call that there's a taxi pulling up into the driveway and it's going to be our guy. Sean and I got a message, pretty much go, go, go. The gates opened. Sean and I jumped out opened the front door, and there was a probably almost a seven-foot Nigerian wearing a suit and a hat in the front passenger seat of this taxi. So we've arrested him. According to Detective Chia, the scammer, who was pulled from the taxi and handcuffed, appeared genuinely stunned at the turn of events. Yes, I think he was uh, really surprised what happened. I think uh, even the cab driver that uh, took him to the address was... uh, Scared, <laughs> I can put it that way. Because uh, two, two guys out of the dark ran out from the bushes, jumped out in front of the cab and says, get out, get out. And affected the. Uh, that's how we affected the arrest itself. Yes, as part of policing, I think it's uh, always the unknown uh, risk factor. But uh, I think it's always, uh, we are trained to be prepared to take on, work with contingencies, consider all options and practice safety. I think that's uh, very important. So I think the thing to note is obviously myself and my offsider, which is Brett in this instance, uh, we, we spoke about it, what we're going to do. 
if he's in the back seat, if he's in the front seat, how are we going to engage him? Make sure we, you know, get him out as the, doing the takeout as much as possible. Obviously, we have access to supporting units that came, block out the cab to prevent any vehicle getting away and things like that. So all those were properly planned for. Mm. I think it, that night it was uh, executed in perfection, I would put it that way. All it takes is one moment. Don't let distraction drive you. When you get behind the wheel, put the phone away. Road safety is everyone's responsibility, and that starts with you. Police are issuing an urgent warning today, and that follows an investigation which has uncovered a disturbing development in relation to a romantic scam and an online scam. Last night, the Queensland Police Services Financial and Cyber Crime Group charged a 32-year-old Durack man following an investigation sparked after a victim contacted police. Operation Romeo Swift commenced following information received from a 34-year-old Brisbane woman uh, who believes she'd been dating an offender who claimed to be a United States military person currently in uh, Syria. It's alleged that the victim befriended the man that she believed to be the soldier on a social media platform. The offender was Cosmos Kalechi Eme, a Nigerian national studying at a Brisbane university. He lived south of the Brisbane CBD and, incredibly, just a few suburbs from Wendy's house. The fraud and cybercrime group subsequently executed a search warrant at Eme's house and retrieved numerous mobile phones, SIM cards, laptop computers, bank cards and data storage devices. MA's Nigerian passport was also recovered during the search. That night, he was taken to the Brisbane City Watch House. He refused a formal record of interview with police. MA was charged with one count of fraud and one count of attempted fraud. Bail was refused. MA denied he had had any contact with Wendy prior to being arrested during the sting, although police discovered that he had used some of his ill-gotten gains on gifts to try and woo his own real-life girlfriend. In April 2020, District Court Judge Michael Byrne sentenced M.A. to three and a half years in prison. His jail term was suspended given he'd already spent 448 days in custody. Wendy Smith never saw her money again. According to police, it had probably been bounced through a number of accounts and moved overseas within 48 hours of Wendy gifting it to her beloved Flight Sergeant Dobbins. If there's a lesson to be learnt from Wendy's story, it is this. Remain vigilant. Detective Weeder says Australians are a trusting and accepting people. That may need to change. Scammers are everywhere, and we need to be alert to that fact. They could be your next-door neighbour, for you know, and you've just got to be wary of, unfortunately, who's around. If you're being followed with large sums of cash, you just got to just be mindful of where you are in your surroundings. Unfortunately, yeah, they could be right next door and you don't even know. And generally, don't believe everything you hear and read. Uh, if you receive an email... So receive a text, receive a cold call, phone call. Take your time, 
feel your gut, have a gut instinct. You don't have to believe, you don't have to respond straight away. Take it away, have a look at it, investigate it, talk to a friend, but do not act straight away. Detective Chia has similar advice. I suppose in terms of romance scam, uh, obviously with technology and advancement and a lot more uh, communication happens online, to be mindful of who you are talking to, whether you are young, you are older or whatsoever not, just be mindful of who you are communicating with. Do not divulge too much personal information. Uh, Do not send any personal images, intimate images to other persons when requested. Be mindful of the tone of people. If people are sounding too too caring, too loving, just be mindful of that. At the same time, uh, you also need to be mindful of not to send money if regardless of the sob story that was told to you or whatever not, just do not send any money to anyone. And don't think for one minute you're immune from scammers. Everybody is potentially vulnerable. Actually, from my experience, um, not only the members of the public actually gets uh, drawn in as a victim. I have an instance where I I did receive a call from a fellow police officer that uh, was involved in the kind of a setting of a romance scam too. So I gave her the right advice to ensure that she doesn't fall into that category of uh, being a victim of a romance scam itself. But I I definitely appeal to the public in any case. We in the Financial and Cyber Crime Group, we have a website called Are You In Control? So that website itself will talk about the latest trends of frauds and scams. And there is a a good write-up of romance scams in there to look at obviously the different stages of a romance scam. At the same time, there's also Scam Watch, which is also a website where the general public can access to actually look at current trends and uh, of frauds and scams altogether. In any case, if you are fallen victim to a possibility of a romance scam, do report it on reportcyber.gov.au. And if you have been scammed, sharing your story, as Wendy has done, could be an enormous help to others. I think a lot of people will be stigmatised or embarrassed. But the fact is that if you fall victim to a romance scam, do come forward because you are not the only victim and your story may be able to help others who are in the same predicament and at the same time to prevent further victimisation. I strongly encourage these people to step forward to report these matters. Remember, if you are a victim of cybercrime, you should report the matter quickly to report cyber, so it can be referred to the right law enforcement agency to investigate. The report is online and only takes about 10 minutes to complete. The ACSC at www.cybercyber.gov.au can also provide information about all the latest scams and what you can do to protect yourself and family. Again, that's www.cyber.gov.au. Also, if anyone wants to provide information to assist police to investigate or uncover criminal activity in Queensland, including fraud or cyber crimes, contact Crime Stoppers on 1800 000 or online at Crime Stoppers Queensland. That's C R I M. E-S-T-O-P-P-E-R-S-Q-L-D dot com dot A-U. Once again, 
That's crimestoppersqueensland.com.au. International listeners wanting to report crime occurring outside Australia should make a report to their local police agency or through www.crimestoppersinternational.org. Despite all of her terrible experiences, Wendy encourages anyone caught in a situation similar to hers to reach out and talk to others. Yes, yes, yes. And also, most important, have to talk to your friend because they want to isolate you. They don't want you to talk to friends, but to other people because they want to brainwash you. That way it's more easier. If you talk to your friend, they can brainwash you because their friend will tell you what's best for you. Family, maybe you talk to family, very important, like your friends, like, don't, don't think you stupid. So you're ashamed to talk to everyone. Don't be like that, because maybe one day you will just save someone. Because people will thinking, oh, it's, it will never happen to me. It's just like on the news, on the TV. No, it will happen to you. Mm. Happen to anyone. So share it, tell your friend. And I think friends or family is very important. It's like if you care, don't laughing then because they already feel betrayed and they feel sad because they feel like uh, how stupid they are. Afterwards, you had friends and family saying, why didn't you come and talk to us? Yeah, yeah. yeah. There was, I know first they was angry. Like, how stupid you are. Like, it's an old trick. Oh, by the way, I remember the old trick never get old, you know. As, a, as long as it's work. So I, I also think, uh, you know what is the best selling? Best selling is love. Because mm. people will easy get full mm. for love. And uh, they will do whatever for love. Well, there's an old saying, isn't there? Love is blind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everything, if involves money, have to be careful. One final note. The most important lesson Wendy has taught us here is this. Talk to family and friends. If you have intuitions or misgivings about any online dealings you're having with strangers, don't be afraid to reach out to those closest to you. They are there for you, and they may save you a lot of pain into the future. The Queensland Police Service would like to acknowledge Griffith University and Dr Jackie Drew, who works in collaboration with the QPS in helping the community understand crime and towards improving policing responses. The QPS is also very grateful to Wendy for courageously agreeing to share her story in the hope that others won't fall victim to cybercrime. In our next episode, Multiple agencies within the Queensland Police Service Crime and Intelligence Command join forces to bring down one of the state's most dangerous serial sex offenders. He became known as Night Stalker. It wasn't long after the first one came back that the then the link to the second one came back being the 2008 rape, uh, again from within our area at the Gold Coast. So from we've gone from one rape all of a sudden to two unsolved rapes, both very similar in the way they occurred. So instead we're looking at, you know, we've got this massive eight-year window between rapes and no offender. So then the manhunt has begun. 
Chasing leads and making breakthroughs, you can be a part of the team working to crack cases like this. Queensland Police Service is hiring. Head to policerecruit.qld.gov.au for all the information and incentives to join the QPS. That's policerecruit.qld.gov.au.